talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. The Intellectual Podcast starts now. Welcome back to the Intellectual Podcast. I'm your host, David S. Dawson. Whitney Wegman Wood, unfortunately, cannot join us today due to internet technical difficulties. So we're going to charge ahead without her and bring on our guest, Mr. Neil Halford. Good afternoon. I was going to say good morning, but, you know, uh, we all live in different, you know, uh, universes. Somewhere in the world, it's morning. Some of them, you know, in the morning, you know, I, I'm, I'm usually a night owl. So this is usually when I'm asleep um, or just getting up. <laughs> so this would, would be my morning. Um, but um, yes, good afternoon to everyone or, or whatever time zone uh, you are in. How, how are you doing, Neil? It's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. I, I'm Certainly doing pre-pandemic, all... right? Yeah, well, it's just like, well, the last time you and I would have seen each other is is whenever I did that crazy, you know, lockdown con, uh, which we had the, we had a, for, for those of you who, who aren't aware of that, is we did a convention for the two major years of the pandemic. We did two uh, virtual conventions um yep. right right here same same little set here um and we had some some really cool virtual panels but but uh david had actually volunteered to help uh, help us but like a lunatic i decided to do everything myself um <laughs> because that's just the way i am um but um um but anyway so that was probably the last time that that we did the virtual thing and of course we fortunately at least had had at least one opportunity to bump into each other live since then and so we're very very happy to be able to do that yeah we did so, we did catch a couple movies together recently that is true we yeah. we we saw the wrath of khan whenever it came came back out on on screens and what if we saw something else i can't can't remember but all yeah, classic re- classic yeah. movies was it oh was it one of the horror movies did we go see one of the poltergeist movies? poltergeist that's right we saw poltergeist yes. Yes. so it's like it's an 80s movie i know it's an 80s movie <laughs> Well, last year was fantastic because it was would have been an anniversary for you know thirtieth anniversary for nineteen eighty two, um, and which would have been what the fortieth anniversary. Yeah, um, the fortieth anniversary and and eighty two, as I like to talk to people about, is was a gigantic year because if you were a teenager in nineteen eighty two, it was probably the best summer of sci fi nerdy uh, of uh, and nerdy films ever um and so um and i'm i'm seeing several people kind of popping in and, and saying hello or, or whatever and some some names and faces i recognize uh so it's yeah, nice a few to, people come to, coming in from twitch we got yeah. some uh, from switzerland on facebook uh, yes I'm, I, I can't see the their their comments here but but maybe if if anything pops up that you see is interesting that i should should uh, address or whatever uh, i can talk I'll about definitely that. call it out if something comes up that needs to be absolutely addressed but, um, but to all all our all our viewers, hello. <laughs> so so of course you get to a certain age, you know, anniversaries become important. So we were nerding out about the eighty-two anniversary of all those classic films because it was Poltergeist, Tron, Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan, um, uh, Dragon Slayer. Oh, yeah, Dragon Slayer. I think <laughs> I think Blade Runner was that year. I mean, it was just an insane summer of all these amazing. A sci-fi. Well, I, think it, and I think it was film. when it was. I think it was really when uh, the effects of Jaws and Star Wars kind of mm-hmm. hit that full stride in the kind of blockbuster cinema. ET was like, that summer too. Yeah, blockbuster cinema really hit its hit its role at that point. 
Yeah. And so that was uh, just from mobile film is here. Hi, Susie. Oh, hi, Susie. Um, and so uh, I'll actually be chatting about her here in just a minute or whatever. So, um, <laughs> um, but, um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, so, uh, but, but it's, it's been nice to be able to get out and see people in person again and hang out with them or whatever, you know, uh, still doing the mask in, in a lot of places, uh, simply because, yeah. well, you know, I have a, a whole handful of, a fistful of conditions that would be bad if I actually caught COVID. You and me both. And I, I, I had a podcast last night. I live streamed last night to give everybody the kind of health update on me because uh, mm -hmm. you're looking I, good, man. Learning so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I still, you know, I, after my little health crisis back in 2020, I uh, uh, lost a bunch of weight and then I gained some back and I'm losing it again. So I just need to be better and stay away from things that I'm not really supposed to be eating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, Ozempic has like been a godsend. It's completely oh, changed my appetite pattern and like I just I just I'm able to eat like at reasonable levels now. Oh, that's good. That's right. Well, I'm, I, I, I got put on a whole fistful of new medications, but I'm sure that all the people listening to you really want to listen to our, <laughs> our, our pitches for, for medications here. Uh, you know, that's the, the, the bad thing about getting older is sitting around, oh, this is what hurts today. And, you know, this is, <laughs> this, you know, it's painful. Um, well, you know, I, I was, I was mentioning a few episodes hi, back, the podcast, this podcast is 10 years old. Wow. Like, that's like amazing. I've been doing the intellectual for a long time. <laughs> yes, so and I think so, it's inevitable that that becomes part of the conversation, right? So well, let's see. That would have been um uh so if it's 10 years, that would have been we that would have been around the time you and I met. Um uh, it was or, about or maybe a year or two after a year and a half or two years before we met. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so, uh <clears throat> so yeah. Crazy, um, man crazy but but it is it is it is it is kind of fitting because you're on to talk about an anniversary right? i am here to talk about so an anniversary the podcast this podcast started um on the heels of my 20th high school anniversary my 30th high school anniversary is this summer <laughs> and you are celebrating the 30th anniversary of betrayal at crondor betrayal at crondor and so, uh, you know, I, I, ha I have a handful of folks that I see dropping in that have dropped in that I know who have some idea about what that was. But for uh, for your viewers who have no idea what that game was, uh, Betrayal at Crondor uh, was a role playing game that we released. It was uh, made by a company called Dynamics up in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, and uh, uh, published by Sierra Online, which is probably a name that more of you are familiar with, because back in the day, Sierra Online, they were the, the publishers for all of the big major adventure games uh, back in the day. So King's Quest and, and Space Quest and um, all those wonderful mysteries like Laura Bow. Uh, all, all those incredible adventure games that you kind of uh, think about in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, uh, Sierra Online was the place that was making that stuff. So, uh, yeah, so I they just pulled up, I built, pulled up some gameplay that's going on uh, behind us now. Yeah. So, yeah. I so got to tell you, when I pulled this up uh, to prep for this, it so threw me back to my like late high school years, college years. <laughs> like, playing yep. games in this style just uh what a Big. what a absolute joy to look at it and go oh yeah 
big old it's not, it's it's not quite eight bit but still big old <laughs> chunky pixels you know yeah. um but you know it's, but, it's you know that's funny. what kids are all playing today like yeah you look you look at the roblox and minecraft and all that it's all the big chunky pixels like they, they love and, that look. and they don't and they don't mind you know they 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 yeah. uh, that's something that they actually embrace and so uh, but yeah, so this is, you know, it's, it's weird to look at this now and you think about all the, all the games that are out there and, you know, just how amazing the graphics are and how sophisticated those engines were. But what you're looking at right here, this was state of the art for the time whenever, whenever we came out, we were the first, uh, uh, we were actually, let's take, take it back. We are the second game to release in fully 3d. Um, and so we did that by taking the, um, uh, Dynamics was well known for making a series of um, uh, warplanes uh, simulators, and so they had uh, they were working on Aces of the Pacific while we were working on this, but uh, Red Baron and some other really uh, well known flight sims. And so, whenever we came time to that, we decided we were going to make this role playing game. Uh, we took the engine that they had for their flight sim and put it on the ground. And of course, we had all kinds of problems <laughs> with it because it wasn't designed to like you know. Being in, uh, in contact with the ground, right. <laughs> that, that was sort of not the thing you wanted to do in the flight sim. Um, but uh, but anyway, but but this was uh, this was really hot stuff back in the day, and oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and so uh, one of the things about about the game is uh, it was licensed from. There's a big fantasy author by the name of Raymond E. Feist. Uh, he's uh, there, are, I don't even know, know now how many books that ended up being in, in this series of books, uh, but a lot of them. Uh, at the time, there were only, let's see, uh, four, there were four that Ray wrote himself, and then there are three books that he wrote in conjunction with Janie Wirtz called the Empire series. Uh, but a whole lot, of, a lot of books that, that were available even back then. But um, whenever we... Uh, Whenever we got the license, the original idea is that we're going to take the second or the third book in this, or no, actually second book uh, in the series called Silverthorn and uh, make an ad adaptation. And that was the, the concept of the CEO, Jeff Tunnell, who was running the company. But whenever he got the license, uh, he asked Ray Feist if he wanted to write the game. And he said, you can't afford me. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> And so, so they went and, and grabbed me, who was very affordable. And I was living in Los Angeles whenever they, they got a hold of me. I was working for a game company called New World Computing. Uh, and they brought me up to Eugene. And boy, what a shock and a change of life that was. From living, living out <laughs> in Van Nuys, um, you know, uh, with uh, my next-door neighbors, not in the same building, but a couple of buildings over that was actually where Courtney Love and, and uh, What's-His-Face were living uh, before Nirvana really hit it big. Um, um, but, but to go from living in, in Los Angeles Metro to living in Eugene, Oregon, which was a town of a hundred thousand people, a little university town full of old deadhead hippies, um, <laughs> uh, at the university of Oregon, uh, that was, that was definitely a, a big kind of change of life, but but anyway, so uh, so I hopped in and we decided that rather than adapting the one game, we we're going to create a new, a brand new game set sort of in between 
two different books. There was a darkness at Sethanon and a Prince of the Blood. There's a 20 year gap between them. So we said, let's start, create a brand new game. We'll drop this right in between the two of them. And so that was sort of the origins of, of that, of, of uh, this particular game. Um, but, um, but anyway, we're, we, it was one of those things that, that it took us about a year and a half, almost two years for us to produce. We were, took a lot longer than they were anticipating. Uh, but thankfully, uh, we had management that believed in, in the project and believed in us. Um, I almost died while making it. Um, because I landed that, that, in the... that's becoming a repetitive theme with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not, I need to stop <laughs> doing that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I was kind of on, uh, in on, you know, people talk about game development and the crazy kind of crunch level kind of stuff. And so during the last three months of the game, I was working pretty much, you know, seven days a week, 18 hours a day. And even though I was in my early 20s, there's only so long you can do that while only eating pizza and Mountain Dew. Right. Um, <laughs> not the lifestyle of champions. Um, no, no, not by uh, any means. <laughs> and so I landed in the hospital. My, uh, or I, I, Well, I didn't go to the hospital per se, but I went to the, uh, had to go to the emergency room because I was having, uh, I was on, on the verge of having a really bad something happen. And the doctor said, you're not going back to, to work for a week um and so so i stayed at home uh, a good buddy of mine lived down the balcony from me and he came in and checked on me he and his girlfriend at one point he caught me trying to work on my computer at home and so he came in and stole the cord from my computer so that i couldn't use it so i was forced to sit around and and do nothing but like watch tv and and just sleep and relax and kind of recharge the batteries. But, um, but the game ended up being uh, extremely successful. Um, uh, really, really uh, lucky the, uh, about, you know, uh, another thing that was kind of, we kind of talk about interesting things in the moment. I was talking earlier about the 3D aspect of the game. <clears throat> but um, it was also the first role-playing game to be shipped on CD-ROM. Right. Um, and so that really set it on fire, uh, is because, uh, our, our sales had been honestly so-so, um, though, honestly, they'd been exactly what we had predicted <laughs> they were going to be. Uh, but, but because we were talking to Sierra online, they had kind of different expectations because role-playing games and adventure games, at least back in the day, their sales, uh, they sold in a different way. Um, role-playing games tend to sell, uh, back in the day would sell more by word of mouth than by advertising. And, and so ad, ad, uh, adventure games would sell like crazy for about six months and then they just kind of fall off. And so our, our spiked up a little bit, but it didn't go up as high as an adventure game did, but then it sold, it sold consistency uh, consistently for like five years, you know? <laughs> um, and then, and then once we hit CD-ROM, then it really skyrocketed. Um, right. And the the advantage of the CD-ROM was not just that that you know you didn't have to load six different floppy you know disks into your computer uh, to 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 install and load it, uh, but you uh, also it was also uh, we were able to take advantage of the fact that because it was on CD, uh, our musician was able to come in and give us a really gorgeous score uh, that was available right. on the CD. Plus, we had an interview with Ray Feist on it. 
Uh, so there are all, kind of, all kinds of bells and whistles that were added to the CD-ROM version of the game. And um, um, I just remember how cool it was when when games started shipping on CD-ROM. It was like it felt like you were doing something completely new and in the future. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just this big shiny, shiny big, thing. Shiny you know, disc <laughs> felt like you know I'm in Star Trek world now. You know, yeah, um, totally. And so, and of course, that that was when everything uh, suddenly th- everything was multimedia. You know, it's just right. like here's your multimedia, you know, encyclopedia, your multimedia word processor. Any excuse, anything they could come up with, that so we can say, yeah, and we can we can throw a video clip in here or a sound clip, and that's just like, oh my god, the world has completely changed. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, in the World Wide Web back in the day was, you know, uh, other than AOL. Uh, you might hop on onto uh, yeah, go for stacks old, and uh... yeah, go for stacks, and you go into the bulletin boards and yeah. all of the before there were MMOs, you had all the muds. So yep. just text-based games, you go in and man, you, you, th- those were maddening. I actually love I love muds, but man, those were nuts. <laughs> um, but um, but anyway, well, so... even Betrayal at Crondor has a lot of text in it. It has an enormous I mean, there are, amount. There are of text. portions of it. It's like reading a book. It is. Um, it is. Which, which I have to say, because um, I watched a bunch of gameplay b- this morning, uh, just because I got lost in watching the so. game. Um, <laughs> but the writing in it is gorgeous. Like, I mean, kudos to you. Like, well, lovely you. writing uh, it, it, within the within the the context of the game and the story that you're telling. Um, it was, well, it was really enjoyable to, to to listen to these players reading it out loud while they're playing. Like, because I remember doing that when I was that younger and, and playing these games. You know, I'd read all the stuff out. I'd do the voices. And... Well, I mean, and and that's the thing that 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 you know, of course, the the all the text. It it was a very conscious choice of ours because we decided that this is effectively an interactive novel. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we are, uh, we base this on a set, set of books, and so we wanted to preserve some sense of of this being written as if Ray Feist had actually wrote this. Now, Ray was busy writing the King's Buccaneer at the time, and so he really didn't have time to sit down and play with us. And and uh, you know, I, every once in a while, I would send him you know a raft of notes about stuff. He said, "This I'm thinking about doing X, Y, or Z," but. Uh, uh, and, and he'd send, write me back and go, Neil, you're an idiot. What the hell are you doing with my universe? Uh, um, but uh, but uh, anyway, Ray, uh, but Ray wasn't wasn't super involved. And really, the only real time that he really saw what was going on is whenever we got done, uh, he sat down and played it. And apparently he got really sucked into it. Uh, uh, he went with our our marketing guy to CES and got sucked into it. And he wanted them to leave him alone so he could play the game. Um <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, 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 my, you know, the writing in the game, I tried as much as possible to channel Ray, which was a challenge because Ray is a New York times bestselling author. Um, and so, uh, I read through all of his books that were in the series that were available at the time, at least three or four times, uh, during the course of making that game. And so I did as much as, you know, so the challenge there is is that not only that are you telling stories that feel right in his universe, but nailing his voice uh, in that text, and that was a, a huge challenge. But I'm uh, I'm super proud of that particular little achievement. But 
but anyway, it's uh, the, the one thing that is, is surprising that at the time and then and particularly now, uh, given the fact that all all the games are out there, you have full, you know, you've got cutscenes and you've got all of this, uh, these things that are acted out and everything else that, you know, there are still people that love going in and playing this and all of that text, you know, let's read this game. Um, and, and you're right about the amount of text that's in the game. There was actually more text because I did a word count at the time. I can't remember what it does off the top of my head, but there was more text in the game than in Ray's longest novel. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's text that you can see that's presented forward facing to the player. And it's not even getting down to the number of characters or, or whatever in the actual code. Um, <clears throat> But um, but yeah, so it is it's definitely a reader's ga uh, game. If you like fantasy novels, uh, you actually might enjoy this thing. And so uh, I, it, it astonishes me the number of new players, people who are not old, you know, farts like us who are discovering this for the first time and get into it. And, and like you say, this there's a, this love of all th things retro. Uh, that are bringing in new new players and they're on on twitch uh and they're playing the games there uh, there are tons of like let's play videos on on youtube and so uh it's it's kind of astonishing that 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 this 30 year old game is still gaining new players new fans and everything else so that is part of my was part of my motivation uh for a little get together that uh, I have planned. Um, so uh, I said, you know, it's 30 year, you know, I thought about doing something like this for the 20th or 25th anniversary, but things were just not really in the right place for me at the time. Uh, and so I decided let's, I, I want to go back up to Eugene, Oregon, which again is where dynamics was and where the game got made. And I'm going to go try to grab, you know, grab as many of my old pals that are still around and actually a significant chunk of folks uh, who were part of dynamics are still there. We're gonna go to McMinimins, uh, which you know, if you are an, a an, a uh, person from from Oregon, you know that McMinimins they are they're sort of like the the franchise of McDonald's, except they're they're breweries, they're microbreweries, <laughs> and they're all over uh, all over Oregon, and just these amazing kind of restaurants that are up there, and you know, uh, restaurant slash pubs, uh, and so we're gonna go to the, the North Bank branch of McMinimins in Eugene, Oregon. And we're going to have a massive party for the well, anniversary. You got, a, you got a little promo video here for it, right? Uh, yes, I do. So you can, can run that. Roll that? Sure. Why don't you roll yeah. that? Let me roll that.
so yeah, so there it is. And so uh, June 23rd, we're going to have a big old party up there and uh, get together with our fans and friends and, and just whoever wants to join us. And as some people thought this is a, a developer only thing, but no, this is, this is any lunatic that wants to actually go to Eugene, Oregon. Um, <laughs> which is significantly bigger, but it's it's a it's a a great town. Um, yeah, so there we we have a official kind of event uh, meetup uh, on Facebook. So if you want to go there to let us have a head count, so we know how many people are going to show up, so we can uh, alert the restaurant to what who who how many people are going to come in and and invade the place. But we we have a room that's reserved all our, all ours called the Mutton Room. <laughs> um, I don't know if we'll actually have any mutton, but but it's called the Mutton Room. Um, and we're going to have a cake. Uh, I'm working on live music uh, and some other stuff. And so uh, so it's going to be a, a great evening of you know, hanging out, talking about the Sounds game. Sounds like and, the sort of event where you need minstrels. Uh, you, you, you just be careful how you say that. Um, <laughs> um but but uh, I'm I'm working on some some leads right now, and so uh, part of Betrayal at Crondor, uh, one of the, the little gags was you go in and you learn how to play a lute. So I'm going to try to find a lute player, have him come in, and even play some of the songs that are in the game. Uh, so oh, we'll see. Wonderful. We'll see. So uh, I'm working on on that. So um, but uh, but anyway, it's going to be a great time. Um, also, uh, planning possibly a uh for anybody who decides to stick around for the sat on for saturday uh we may also do a group trip up to powell's which if you are a book person it is the largest independent bookseller in the world it is amazing that's a cool a place to visit man it is a book story that takes up an entire city block in portland oregon it's five stories tall you walk in the front door and they hold they hand you a map yeah that is a bookstore yeah. Um. And so I pretty much it's pretty much safe to say that I, uh, I was there pretty much every other weekend. Uh, whenever I saw so all my my all my paychecks from Betrayal at Crondor basically funded my book habit. Um, <laughs> uh, at, at Powell's. Um, but anyway, so you might be getting the idea that I am a writer, uh, and that books are important to me. And so, uh, so uh. So something that's going to happen, uh, we're going to come back to the book and, and actually let's go ahead and talk about the book thing right now. And so uh, along with this particular event, uh, we are choosing to spend the, uh, all the attention that we are getting uh, for this particular anniversary to help promote a charity that has been near and dear to me for, for a long time. Uh, it's called Riff. Now, when I was a little kid, uh, man, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, uh, like half the commercials on television seemed to be from Riff. And Riff is reading is fundamental. And this is an organization that they promote literacy uh, for, for children all over the world, and, or actually all over the United States. And uh, they also provide books for disadvantaged children. There are a lot of kids that who will never own, you know, would never have an, a chance to own a book themselves simply because of poverty or other circumstances, which means they don't have their own books. And I can't really state how important it is to have your own, you know, your, uh, some of your own books that you can always go over there. And yes, you definitely want to go to the library. You want to go hang out and take advantage of those resources that are there. But it's great having some stuff right over there that you can pick up anytime. And I was sick as a kid. I had asthma that was really bad. And so how I got through a lot of asthma attacks was reading. And so 
uh, that's really what turned me into a writer was spending all that time in bed. I, I couldn't do anything. I'm stuck in a dark room with a, with a humidifier going in the corner. And right. so, so I spent a lot of time reading. So any riff.org, uh, please go there. Uh, they have several different ways that you can donate. Uh, so, uh, so you can either give them cash gifts and then they will decide how to, which, which programs that, uh, internally they're going to use to, you know, again, whether that's funding literacy programs, uh, buying books for kids or whatever, uh, you have the option. They, they have a Amazon list. You can go on their Amazon list and say, I want to buy where the wild things are. And you buy the book, uh, book, book, and they're able to use that to distribute. So you can choose which books you want them to give. And so uh, there's just a whole diff uh, slew of different choices of ways that you can donate. So go to riff.org uh, and, uh, and you can decide how you want to do it. And so if you, if you can't come to our celebration, uh, or even if you are coming to our celebration, that's a great way uh, to at least show me your love and, and appreciation is to is to go back out and let's create more more readers because uh, as I, I I have a little PSA that I created um, uh, that says you know unless you unless there are readers there are no writers um, That's right. so so That's right. uh, you want me to play the PSA can we go ahead with the PSA okay let's let's roll that. Hi, my name is Neil Halford. I was the lead writer behind the computer game Betrayal at Crondor. I'm here today to talk to you about reading. If you don't know that game, it might surprise you that a game developer is advocating for literacy. But more on-screen text appeared in Crondor than in some modern fantasy novels. If I'd not been encouraged to read as a kid, and if I hadn't been a passionate lover of books, that game and many others would simply never have existed. Without readers, there would be no writers for computer games or movies, or comic books. To celebrate the 30th anniversary of Crondor, I'm appealing to you to donate to Riff. Reading is fundamental. This fantastic organization supplies books to disadvantaged school children, as well as supporting literacy programs across the United States. Your donations will help spark the imaginations of the next generation of readers and ensure that love for the written word never dies. Visit rif.org for more information. And that is it. And so, so again, yeah, uh, we, you know, we don't really have, uh, uh, we don't really have a uh, official relationship with them. But again, uh, uh, if you would make donations to them, that is definitely the way that you, that you'll repay your love uh, to to Crondor for me is is making donations to Riff. Uh, so, oh, so then, and there's something else that uh, so you're you get to be the show where I get to make the announcement about the next big thing, which is related to the anniversary party and specifically to the Crondor anniversary. And that is, is that starting next weekend, next Saturday, we're opening the door for the Betrayal at Crondor fan film challenge. Uh, and so uh, we have over the over the decades, I've had many people reach out to me that send me artwork. They send me stories. Uh, I have my good friend Damien, um, uh, who is creating a role playing game that's definitely inspired by Betrayal at Crondor called Call of Saregnar or Car Sargnar or whatever. I'm sorry, Damien. One of these days I will get that right. Uh, <laughs> he, he is the sweetest, dearest guy. I, I actually met I him. I put your names on the podcast constantly, I, yeah. Neil. I, I, I met him. I, I actually had the opportunity to meet him last year whenever my wife and I were on vacation in, in Europe last year. We were in Venice. Uh, and I, I he brought his copy. He lives in Slovenia. He brought a copy of 
of his uh, of Betrayal of Crondor, his box, and I signed it for him. Uh, um, and so, um, uh, so anyway, uh, but uh, so folks have create have done all, have used all these different ways of expressing their love and their fascination with with betrayal at Crondor. And one thing that we uh, thought would be kind of cool to offer to people, because, you know, as you know, uh, a, a lot of the people that are coming, dropping in here who know me as a game designer don't necessarily know the other side of what I do creatively is being a filmmaker. And of course, this is how David and I uh, got to know each other, is that I, I, I have, uh, work in the sort of indie film community here in San Diego. And I said, you know, it would be really cool. Uh, I've, I uh, have worked with different uh, film festivals that are here in town. Uh, I was, you know, uh, we made a, a short called The Case of Evil, uh, which won some awards uh, here. And it actually toured the United States and even a couple of countries internationally. And we won uh, several awards with that. And I said, you know, uh, something that I dearly love in addition to, to writing and, make, and making games is, is making films. And so uh, we said, let's let's open up a, a fan film challenge because I've never I've never seen a Betrayal of Crondor fan film. And I said, so why don't we do this in conjunction with our anniversary is we're going to host this uh, this event. And so between March uh, 11th, so so submissions will open on Film Freeway on Mar on March 11th, and they will run through uh, the middle of May. And then uh, we'll have some judges come in. Uh, we'll pick a, uh, we'll have some official selections. I mean, I don't know if we're going to, how many films we'll get, because honestly, this is going to be new to a lot of, of our folks, but we live in an interesting age. Uh, we almost, do. Uh, and, and so over the past 10 years, uh, the availability of filmmaking to ordinary folks has become, you know, everybody has, everybody has a movie camera in their pocket now, you know, uh, because you have something that my good friend uh, Susie Batello from the International Mobile Film Festival, uh, full disclosure, my, my wife and I are actually sponsors of her film festival. Uh, so Swords and Circuitry, which is our, our production company. Uh, but, uh, but as she frequently likes to tell people, says you're always carrying a movie camera with you all the time. You really have no excuse not to make movies. Uh, and so, uh, so I'd love to see what, what people will kind of come up with. And so maybe you reenact scenes out of the game, or maybe you, there's some scene in the game you wish that was in this, in, you know, and there's a lot of text in the, in this game as we talked about. So, so. <laughs> Take one of those those text scenes and turn it into a little movie. Uh, you know, animation. the interesting thing, the interesting thing, Neil, is everybody's got a camera, but there's so much more cosplay in the world today. Exactly. Than there was 20 years ago, 30 years ago when the well, game came out. The fact out. that we even call it cosplay. It's got an official it's name just, now. Just, I'm wearing a costume. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, uh, uh, and of course, you go to a sci-fi convention. Saturday night was always dedicated to masquerade. Mm -hmm. um and so that's just what we call it whenever so so now we have a, a really cool name for it now it's yeah but there's a there's so many people involved yes. in doing it now and 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 who have incredibly rich talent exactly and so so and so this is this is, that rivals anything in the movies and so this is tailor-made for it is going yeah, out it's beautiful thing is that betrayal at crondor had this weird we decided to do, to do this weird crazy thing where where we dressed up members of our staff to be the play the characters in the game so this was cosplay except we had no budget for it 
And, and like I feel I, I I want to say, share Al Tucker, I love you to death. You are the sweetest, dearest person in the whole world. And she got stuck with these crazy here. I need you to go come up with medieval costumes, fully dress these characters. We need to film them for combat and for all this other stuff. So however many characters and monsters that are in the game, they're all almost all of them are either uh, are mostly friends of shares that worked in the, the, the community theater there in Eugene, Oregon, but a good chunk of them were also uh, dynamics employees. Um, and so she had no budget for this. And yet somehow she still managed to come up with all this other stuff. And so cosplaying is absolutely, absolutely related to kind of this game. Um, right. And so that, so that was one of the things I was thinking about is the fact that so we've got lots of people out there. Again, everybody's got a camera. Every, everyone's got a phone. Uh, the other issue is that you don't necessarily even have to do a live film thing. If you want to do animation, that's absolutely something you do. If you want to do a documentary about how betrayal at Crondor changed your life, I, I have a handful of people. Uh, uh, Damien is actually one of the folks that I mentioned earlier that was making the sort of back-alike game that he's making. Uh, uh, he actually learned how to re read English partially by playing betrayal at Crondor. Wow. Um, and so, and I, he's not the only person I know that, that has that story. There's, there's some other people uh, that told me stories about that did not speak English as their primary language, but they, this was their gateway to English was playing wow. Crondor. Um, uh, and so, and so many different people have told me stories about how betrayal, at, playing betrayal at Crondor changed their life or whatever. So if, if that's something that happened with you, tell us your story, let us know what right. happened. So, yeah. so do a little uh, documentary film, yeah. you do a, do a little documentary film, you know, uh, do comedy, you know, uh, mix, you know, pull the Legos out, do a do, Lego animation, do a Lego, yeah, whatever you want, whatever you want to do, we want, you know, the, the, the more creative you are, the more fun and exciting that's going to be for everybody else. And so yeah. the, the only, our only stipulation is, is that it has to be related to the content of Betrayal at Crondor. Um, so one thing that I do want to make sure that people know is so that because we are, uh, so, so what's going to happen is after we, we have these films judged, we're going to show uh, official selections. This is something that film festivals do. They say out of all of our, our selections. Now uh, we aren't probably going to have the same problem that most film festivals are where they have 10,000 submissions and they've got to get, you know, we've got to get two opening. days of, you know, we've got to get two <laughs> days or three days of programming out of this and people need to be able to go to the bathroom and eat and go home and sleep uh, or whatever. So we've got to whittle down th tens of thousands of submissions to get them down to 20 or 30 films. You know, and so uh, so what they do is the films that are chosen to play uh, are called official selections. And so we will pick the best of for probably depending on however many we get, probably somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes worth of things we're going to show. Uh, your shorts will be three to five minutes long. Uh, I uh, just for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, legally getting outside of five minutes, we start to get into territory, probably, you know, possibly infringing on copyright with Ray's universe. And so we don't want to do this. These are fan films. This is just show us your love for whatever. And the great thing is there are lots of little kind of mini cutscenes during the game actually do a film version of those better than we could have done right. back in the day. Um, <laughs> um, but um, uh, but uh, anyway, so three to five minutes long has to do with with uh, Crondor. Uh, I would say have some common sense. Don't 
you know, no really crazy, you know, sex scenes or explicit profanity or anything like that, because we, you know, we are showing this at a public event and, and we, uh, so we'll, we will, uh, screen them at, at, our, at our anniversary event in Eugene on the 23rd. Uh, we'll award the Gauntlet of Glory, uh, which is for the best of show uh, there. Uh, if you aren't able to attend, uh, we will send it uh, send that to you. Uh, obviously, any filmmakers, whether or not you got chosen to be uh, an official selection or whether you are awarded, you're welcome to, to uh, attend uh, our, our anniversary get-together in Eugene. Uh, you'll have about a month's notice before to, whether you, to know whether or not you got picked to, to be shown there. And then on the following day, on the 24th, we are planning to do an anniversary uh, stream where we can have globally all of our fans from around the world uh, will hop on. We'll uh, probably play the game. I think Kilgore Trout from GOG Games uh, will probably be doing something uh, with him playing the game, but we'll also show the films. Uh, we'll uh, uh, also uh, maybe have some of the filmmakers come on, come on for Q&As. Uh, so, so we'll have another big event on June 24th uh, that will be online. Um, so, um, so anyway, I'm very excited. So, so right now, our first festival judge i mentioned before is that i'd talk a little bit about my friend Susie. uh so Susie again is the uh director of and the creator and the you know the high mucky muck of international mobile film festival that happens here in san diego every year uh we've got another one coming up here in april uh and we have people that travel from all around the world to come in and watch the films and all of the films that that are presented there are made on mobile phones uh, so mm -hmm. if you make your film on mobile phones and as long as you you kind of stick to Susie's guidelines you'll probably want to pop over and see look at her her festival stuff but if you create that you might be able to submit that to her festival after this is over with um, I'd also recommend that maybe you submit uh, your film to Gen Con uh, film festival uh, and there are in the origin film festivals that are out there but but um, anyway so um, so Susie is going to be one of our judges uh, that, that we have for our festival. She, she, she was our first judge to accept. And something that is brand spanking new information and so brand spanking new that I haven't had a chance to put it on the website yet uh, is, is so is so if, if you, you notice you're below my, my name here, see CrondorFFC.com. That is our informational site about, uh, about uh, the, the, uh, the fan film challenge. Also, if there's a link in there to Film Freeway, Film Freeway is where you will actually go to submit your film. Now, because we are because we are regarded by Film Freeway as an online only festival, we don't really have a big screening venue that we're doing at McMinimins. Uh, and so that's that's, you know, it's going to be limited to how big that's going to be. And so. Uh, we're not listing ourselves as a proper film festival. So because we are online only, you must explicitly have the, a URL to get to Film Freeway. We have a link to it from crondorffc.com, but the longer one is filmfreeway.com slash crondorffc.com. You must have that URL to find it because otherwise they listed it as private. And so that's kind of right. annoying, but, uh, but that is the platform on which you will submit. But in any it's case, it's really I, easy to use. It's super, super easy. You just got to get there. 
Yes, yeah. it's studio. So you, know, you just have to know how to get there. So again, make sure that if you hit again the URL that I've got listed here below my name here, if you go there, uh, then there is a link on that page to Film Freight. They'll take you directly to where you want to go uh, to submit. Um, but the other, so so the other thing I was starting to do, and I digress terribly because, well, I'm Neil, um, and I never stay on one topic ever, um, uh, is that an, another judge that we just got last night is Bonnie Gordon. And Bonnie Gordon is a well-known voice actor, uh, but she's also well-known as a computer uh, as the, com the voice of the computer on Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, so she's so she cool. is uh, a, one of our judges. Uh, and also she has done voice work for games. And so we're going to have some crossover. So we have a judge that knows both worlds that we're talking about as games and uh, and films. And so we have some uh, some invitations out to some other kind of cool judges. I'm crossing my fingers. I don't want to to jinx it. And uh, uh, so we'll just see who who else is coming aboard. I have some other film more updates people. to come. Some more updates to come. But I have some other film festival directors that I have invited to come and play with us. And so when you submit your film to us, you are also going to be submitting your festival in front uh, front of actual filmmakers and folks that that if you are interested in the world of filmmaking. Uh, it would be get you, uh, good to get your eyes in front of these folks, and so well, and this this will definitely be the type of film that'll appeal to the Comic Con crowd. So absolutely, virtually every one of the big comic conventions has a film festival component too. So yes. like once you've made it for this, like you can submit it to all those. Like well, great. and the thing too is the fact that me uh, that that both you know David and I here are both uh, Comic Con people. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I will be able to have it uh, again or not, but usually at Comic-Con, I host the narrative design panel uh, at yeah. Comic-Con. Uh, and so, uh, so getting, getting your film out there and attaching it to this festival, uh, the, a lot of the people who are watching David's show are people who help organize Comic-Con yeah um <laughs> um and uh, I have a number and, of people who work at comic-con and and, and uh our, our our panelists there or whatever so again getting yeah. your crondor fan film uh into our festival and where where we're all going to be kind of promoting it uh so if you have aspirations to being a fantasy filmmaker or whatever this might be a good way to get started uh, or if you've already got started, another great place to showcase your film. So yeah, uh, I, nice I'm going to, uh, so, uh, we, we do request that you not stream or show or present your film before our anniversary event, because that's part of a big, part of our big selling point for our, our, our festival or for our anniversary events is that we show them. But after then you are free to stream show, submit them to whatever other festivals that, that, that you want to. But, but we're asking that we were your first stop just so that we have the, the premiere has to be with you. The, and then the premiere can... needs to be with the, with the Crondor fantasy film challenge and everything else afterwards. And so, um, uh, I think those are all of the really big announcements or things that I definitely wanted to make sure that I got squeezed. Yeah, we've checked in. off all the ticks on the uh, on the list that I, I have here. Uh, or whatever. <laughs> uh, so does anybody um uh, well, uh, David, do you did you have any some other questions you wanted to follow up with or do we No, can, Neil, we, I was actually going to say let's 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 give the audience uh, one chance, you know. Uh here's your chance, guys. Uh Neil's here. He's ready to answer questions if you just I will Type answer that any question, question down yeah. in the comments. Like uh, we'll pull them up and 
and he can answer them for you if you just want to pay him a compliment. Uh, well, as it was, well, I always Neil say, loves compliments. Uh, I love compliments. I mean, you know, or, or whatever, um, or, or cash prizes, or um, um, but um, uh, but uh, anyway, that uh, uh, yeah, so so anyway, uh, but yeah, so I've I've been uh, but but it, yeah, filmmaking says, has thanks been... for having me, Neil. Oh yes, well, well, thank you, Susie. We're we're very excited that that you're going to be involved uh, because again, you know, Susie's Susie's festival's fantastic. Uh, you know, we uh, we're always happy to come in. You know, I'm you know primarily Jane and I. Uh, I'm her tech guy, and so I I set up all of the 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 video and and audio. And when things go wrong, it's I'm the person that you can come and scream at and blame for for those <laughs> things or whatever. Generally speaking, I do think I do a pretty good job, but but that's yeah. my own opinion. Um, but a compliment um, for you from Twitch. Yes, thank you, Sonia. And uh, I've I, I've definitely seen her on uh, on 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 uh, uh, the Twitter and some other great places. And so so there's Amber. And so Amber. <laughs> Yes, well, Amber, you're, you're always always welcome to to, to pester me. You know, I, I'm I, I would like to think um, I, I would like to. Oh, thank you. Well, we the, the, the yeah, Susie has a cosplay event. Speaking of cosplay, is Susie <laughs> has a big old cosplay event that happens at her film festival, uh, and so that's always a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, so, if you are into cosplay and you like mobile films, uh, and you want to come in, and whether you and so so you don't have to make a mobile film to go to the film festival and that's the one thing that 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 i often grouse with a lot of other uh, other filmmakers is that we go to film festivals so we can watch each other's films um the hard part sometimes is is uh getting people who are not a filmmaker to come and watch because they don't know about them or they just aren't really sure what they're going get, to get themselves in for or there's um, snobs. There's there's snobs. there's still snobs out there. They're like, if you're not on mm. a full frame camera with a gigantic lens as big as my head, and you're not really making movies. Yeah, <laughs> and I tell them all. Yeah, to, I like the the some some of the it's stuff. A moving picture. Being, that's what makes it movies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a moving picture. Well, I mean, the uh, there was really nothing like you know. Uh, whenever I went to uh, the first film festival that. I was in was the horrible imaginings film festival. Uh, it used to be based here in San Diego. Uh, the, no, the, the director County. Miguel, uh, Miguel Rodriguez uh, moved it up to orange County, but he still lives here. Uh, but the first time, you know, I had the case of evil, you know, cause we premiered at the horrible imaginings film festival uh, back in 2014. And uh, that was really amazing because, you know, you make this, this film, you shoot it. And then suddenly, bang! Here it is on this gigantic movie screen, and oh my God, what an experience that was! Yeah. Uh, and and you really feel validated, you know, the fact that that. Uh, well, Amber, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, whatever you would like to do, you submit. If you want to submit more than one, you're welcome to do so, or whatever. Yeah, you do you, boo. Um, you do you um but uh but the, the most important thing that the thing that i really want to see is 
show us, you know, your love, your passion for Betrayal of Crondor, you know, because this is this yeah. is our this is our that's what will be most important here, right? Is like capturing that spirit, of capture, the game, capture the spirit, the spirit of the, of the game, yeah. how it made you feel, you know, that's that's yeah. really the big thing because you know, this is this is going to be a one off event. I mean, I'm I don't I'm really imagine us doing this every year, but who knows? Maybe we get 10,000 <laughs> submissions and go, holy crap. Um, <laughs> um and so, okay, Jen. So Jen is uh, part of our, our uh, indie film community here in town. She's a sweet gal, uh, and we just love her to death. And uh, yeah. uh, in terms of having a party, uh, I hadn't specifically thought about it, but, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll, we will do something a afterwards or whatever. So uh, uh, it, it, if nothing else, we need to get together and hang out because it's it's been since I was well, in the I hospital. Think that sounds like the, the last perfect time I Comic Con weekend party to throw. Yeah. And so, um, but, um, uh, but, uh, again, I want to talk to my, the, the San Diego film consortium who are probably our largest, largest local group of filmmakers. San Diego is kind of an interesting town because a lot of the people that live here, uh, it's only about 150 miles up to Los Angeles. And so a good chunk of the people who live here in San Diego work in Los Angeles as actors, as film crew, producers, directors, and all those other folks. And so we have a pretty amazing local film community. And so probably abnormally large given, you know, if you just picked any random city, cause we have four or 500, probably more than that filmmakers who are very active here in the San Diego. We're incredibly talented and could be working in LA, but you know, a lot yes. of us just don't want to work in LA. <laughs> yes. And oh, yeah. the, the, the really cool thing has been is since I've been started, you know, messing around with the, this going back to about, 2004 uh is when when i first got in, uh, involved with it here uh with the folks here but the number of people that i know that have gone on is like i'm watching television i go oh there's merrick <laughs> um <laughs> yeah merrick, merrick, merrick was the star in in the case of evil and oh my god he's in um um you know uh Mer so 10,000 people submitting one second clips for one movie. Okay. Well, it has to be between three and five minutes. <laughs> like Just the so sum you know. is required. <laughs> so, um, but, um, um, but, um, uh, but, but, you know, our, our good friend Merrick, you know, he was in the case of evil for us and, but he's just everywhere. He was in uh, all American as the dad. Uh, he, is half the commercials that are on television down here are here all the time. Um, um, so, um, uh, but our, our good friend, Randy Davidson has been in a couple of Oscar nominated films. Uh, he's also in, you know, my other uh, side project, which is our audio drama series, Uncharted Regions. You can kind of see the poster back here behind me. Um, uh, but um, that's another kind of little side project, but we're not here to talk about that today because that's a whole other <laughs> bag of cats. Um, but um but anyway um but yeah so but but indie film is is a really exciting fun place to be the one thing that i was uh, yeah so yeah randy was a judge at at uh at the independent Mo mobile film festival last year um and so uh but again you know so and so david and i again we met through this that, this community down here uh, I would say that if you have uh, a, a local film community, they are some of the most awesome people you will ever hang with in your life. I've just discovered that filmmakers are great people. 
um yeah. and I've, there's I've a lot of crossover time. between the filmmaking community and the theater community and yes and uh, and gaming community you know and, 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 and the improv community yeah yeah and so particularly these days because you know with more people wanting like voice actors for their games uh going and getting to know if you are interested in game development getting involved with a local filmmaking community is going to be a great boon for you. And again, I have several voice actors that, that we are using on our audio drama series, like I said, Uncharted Regions, uh, and they came from the independent film community, but any of them would be spectacular uh, in any computer, you know, any, you know, game properties that I was working on. Yeah. So, so just fantastic people. And I, I just love the f feeling of a film set. There's just there's almost nothing like other than maybe doing live theater, uh, which I haven't really done since I was in high school. Uh, but but I, 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 yeah, I was I was a, I did. I, a, I did a little bit for Fringe Holiday in December and oh, but, it was amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did some stuff for Fringe, but I wasn't on stage. I was, you know, again, doing tech. Uh, tech yeah, I, direct, whatever, I but, directed a I directed a little little short play one act play i i've talked for a long time about doing a one man show uh, about my the train wreck um uh because that might be kind of an interesting one man show but yeah uh i don't know we'll see there's there's a lot of work involved <laughs> and the problem is, is this is I'm what old. i love about talking with you neil and, and talking with all of the rest of our filmmaking friends is like we'll start on one topic and then creativity is going to be all over the damn map, <laughs> all over the damn map. Uh, but, but that's the thing that I love about creative people in general is just, uh, you know, I, I don't. <laughs> that's awesome. Which which exhibit were you at? Did you go to the experience uh, in Vegas by any chance? I wanted to get married um, at the experience so bad. Um, <laughs> um Another interesting fun fact, uh, the experience, almost all of the little displays that are there, the the information that was on them was written by my buddy, Larry Nemechek, who I am the director of photography for his documentary about a Star Trek convention gone horribly wrong called The Con of Wrath. <laughs> At some point, I was chatting some with David about this before, one of these days, he'll actually finish that thing. We've, we've been shooting it for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years. I don't know. I, I think I was still in diapers whenever we began, but, but, um, but anyway, here's a, here's a comment uh, directed uh, directly for you here. Neil, look at this one. Okay. Looking forward to see what the fans do. Like I did, did. Oh yes. <laughs> That's so true. Oh my God. I wonder where that thing is. Uh, yeah, there was a, uh, you know, our at Dynamics, uh, which again was the company where, where Betrayal at Crondor was created. Uh, there were, at the Christmas party, we would make little short films to show during the Christmas, uh, the Christmas holiday. And I totally forgotten about that. I don't even <laughs> remember what it was, but, but all the different teams would come in. And so, uh, so we had, you know, the teams from, so yeah, this is Timothy. Timothy was uh, the programmer who sat next to me. He, if you like the the puzzle chests, the riddle chests, Timothy is the guy that handled all the code for the riddle chests. Awesome. Um, welcome, welcome, Timothy. And so, uh, so Tim's going to be with us at the event uh, in Eugene. And so uh, I have uh, uh, one of the other programmers that I know is going to be there. Uh, I'm in talks with some other folks. And so we'll see what other team members I can drag kicking and screaming because most of them are, ex are introverts uh, <laughs> into, 
Um, um, uh, whatever. So, so Gray, you know, hey, you want to make a Christmas Crondor movie? I think you absolutely should do that. Is <laughs> is we should have a Christmas in Crondor, you know, for that special <laughs> holiday feeling of betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um, well, I'm so excited for this event. It's, I mean, just the amount of uh, interaction we're having on the podcast here. This is one of the most interactive episodes of the podcast we've had. Um, oh, oh I, I think I, you're, I think you're in for a really great summer. Neil. Can I throw in one, one other little thing is that yeah. if you are, uh, if you're on Twitter uh, or on Instagram or on Facebook, follow the hashtags Crondor with a K K R O N D O. Crondor, K-R-O-N-D-O-R, 30, um, because every Tuesday and every Thursday, I throw out a one-minute little trivia nugget about the making of the game. Uh, and so uh, share and, and, and tweet those if, if you would like or whatever, but uh, that's a little fun thing that we're doing to kind of in, uh, encourage people to come and, and follow. Right? Yes, that, that's right. And so uh, another version is just back 30, B-A-K 30, but, but that's, that's perfect. Crondor 30 is, is I tag pretty much everything with that. Um, and so, uh, so every Tuesday and Thursday, we share these little kind of trivia nuggets about the making of the game. And so, uh, so again, uh, and I'm on pretty much every social platform that's out there for the most part, uh, as long as it's not a, a, a loony, you know, extremist <laughs> right-wing platform, <laughs> which I won't name. Um, uh, but, but, um, uh, but pretty much all of the socials I am out there. So I'm always available to ask questions. Uh, again, uh, David showed a, a link to our event. Uh, so I would definitely go and hit that if you want to attend or if you, uh, again, we have, uh, if you want to ask questions or, or, or talk to other people who are attending, you know, drop in there. And again, the website for uh, that you want to hit about the, the film challenge, again, is crondorffc.com. And again, from there, you can get, uh, if once you have your film ready, uh, you can go and drop on the film festival. Awesome. Well, Neil, it's uh, it's been over an hour uh, discussion on Crondor, which is uh, pretty short for me. But um... yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna rein you in. Mm-hmm. Shut uh, up! Neil. I got I got birthday party to get to. Okay, um, all right. But uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate everybody who came in to to listen uh, to to your announcements today. Um, welcome to the podcast. I know a bunch of you. It's the first time you've. Uh, tuned into the intellectual i hope that you'll like and subscribe and do all the things and keep following Mm. uh this podcast uh we we talk to creatives of all types be it computer game makers to filmmakers to writers and and painters and musicians they let Um, me on so (laughs) if 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 somebody's in the creative field we, we we like to have a chat with them and we generally try to mix up our guests uh, with people with lots of experience and people just kind of coming up because I, I like to kind of show what the journey is. And the journey of the creative is a complicated one. It's a, uh, usually it's a, it's a lifelong mission of passion and, um, and seeing where people are at and how they get where they're going and where, where that journey is currently taking them, I find to be uh, just incredibly fascinating. And um, that's what the intellectual is predominantly all about. And it's, um, it's a great show, folks. So. I mean, really, really, I'm, I'm not just saying that because they're having me on. Uh, seriously, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a great show. And uh, he's had uh, lots of fantastic guests over the years. And so if but particularly if you're a geek, 
this is this is a fantastic show to follow yeah yeah i'm a i'm a total geek <laughs> um so anyway thank you guys so much thank you neil for coming on and, and sharing all this information uh here on the intellectual um it's really special honor to me to be able to be the platform that you uh make these announcements on and uh <laughs> i'll talk to you when the stream's done real quick and everybody else good. i hope i'll catch you on our next episode of the intellectual until next time i am david s dawson You've been watching me with my good friend, Neil. He's over that way. <laughs> These mirrored cameras. <laughs> yes. And uh, we'll catch you again down the road. Thank you all so much. Hello there, citizens. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the floaty that will not flush no matter how many times you try in the toilet bowl of crime. I am Darkwing Duck. Telling you, please... Talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. <laughs> Whatever the heck that means. After all, you are watching Intellectual Podcast with your ears.